What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I am recording. And I am also recording. Um, well, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and other. Uh, this episode is coming out on Juneteenth. And, uh... Good to see that Cuomo is... Did you see about this? No, I was in school all day. What's happened? I love getting the news from you. You love getting the news from me. Um, that Cuomo is... Uh, he's issued a statement that is going to have Juneteenth become a holiday uh, for state employees. Um, and it's with an intent for putting into the legislation uh, to have it start in 2021. I think that's great. Far past time for that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's time we, um, I think it's time we recognize things that deserve recognition, things that we previously didn't even know about because they're not taught. And I think it's time. Give it up, school. Give it up for the schools. Yeah, give it up, schools. (laughs) Thank you for teaching us the things that you wanted to teach us. Yeah, I do have to say, even though I, I grew up surrounded by, uh, a lot of people who I think would later vote for Trump, um, or I didn't even have to, I don't have to guess about that. Cause I actually remember when the election happened going on Facebook and going through and trying to find as many, I tried to like look up all my bullies, which, you know, is oh, yeah. a, a long, long list. And then there were really amazing, uh, people who, uh, were not for it at all. And, uh, but yeah, I think I had two, Two really solid teachers, I have to say, who would really try to uh, tell the tell as as much as possible of the truth of that um, as I think they had at the time. Mm. Um, uh, but yes, it, this episode is coming out on Juneteenth, and I am uh, glad that it will be. I mean, it should just be a national holiday, quite. Frankly, yeah. Well, and it's it's subject matter that should be known and taught in curriculums and from a young age. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, we also need to do a land acknowledgement. Oh, fun! Do you want me to go, or do you want to go? You go for it. Go for it, girl. Well, as you know from last week, I am in Southern California, which uh was home to the Tongva people predominantly. They they were the biggest indigenous community in Southern California. And even though there was um, Spanish exploration that started from the 1540s, they really, they were mostly unaffected until the 1770s. And then they really started to die out, not because not entirely because of extermination, actually predominantly because of old world disease that the Europeans brought to America. Uh, Thank you very much. And um, something really not fun, but something kind of fierce about the Tongva is that in 1785, there was a rebellion against the Spanish that was led by a female chief who was a medicine woman named Toy Perina. So they celebrated and were led by women, which I love. Wow. That is amazing. And yes, and for those who heard last week, I am on Mohican, or it's 
the Mohican, where where I'm specifically located was a Native American village known as Squam Pomalak. You can go to Mohican.com, actually, in terms of where uh, many uh, Mohicans uh, relocated or were pushed out, and then were able to uh, have a community uh, which is called the Stockbridge Munzee Community, which is a, a band of Mohican Indians. And the Munzee being also uh, the Hudson River and the its translation being people of the waters that are never still. It's so crazy that in our lifetime, Jack, The Last of the Mohicans was a movie that got greenlighted starring a British actor. That is correct. That really, it's that insane. really did happen. Well, that a, a very popularized novel by someone who I couldn't tell you that I do know it was turned into many different versions, and uh, probably the most famous is indeed the Daniel Day Lewis one. And Daniel Day, how about this? Daniel Day Lewis lives up here. Wow. Yeah, him and him and he's, his he's him, getting, getting in touch with his film. Him, roots. him and his him and his wife live up here. Um, because Parker did a movie for his wife, which is how I know about that, which I can't, couldn't recall. I can't tell you the name of that though. Did you know that there was an HIV vaccine? What? That's amazing. I mean, there isn't. Wow. Uh, but, uh, the president said that he congratulated the scientists who had discovered the HIV vaccine and said, wow, our... COVID vaccine by the end of 2020. Wait, did he did he say that in a tweet? It's How did just, he say that? Uh, was that like a conference, some news conference thing, I think. I, I couldn't read the whole thing. I like just saw like the headlines and it, I couldn't do a deep dive on it. Because if you do, if you start doing a deep dive into the intricacies of like the stupidity, the complete ignorance, and then, like, the evilness. It's just, you know, you're like, uh, stop the world. I want to get off. You know, it's surreal. <laughs> but that is that is a pretty unbelievable thing to, to not understand. And also to be like, I know it might have taken, you know, over over 10 years to to figure out how to keep people with HIV alive but uh by the end of 2020 no problem you know this was full on like vaccine wow mm-hmm. anyways one of like the like top articles were like one like the nicest one was um trump talks about uh mentions an HIV vaccine scientists say he's confused <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, that's very nice and true. Uh, you're confused. Um, yeah. Wow. 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 Oh, well. Yeah. That's the world we live in. That that's, is the world we live in. That is the world we live in. Um, I, ju- I just woke up from a nap to hear you tell me that. It was <laughs> shocking. That's incredible. Did you have a good dream? I was having, I don't know. I think they were interesting and a little anxious. Well, but I also think like my head was in a position where I was like, um, I might choke. <laughs> I've got to find out how to sleep like that. That sounds amazing. I mean, the best way to go is in your <laughs> sleep. If, 
if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna peace out, the best way to go is in your sleep. So maybe well, the if, problem the problem choking in your sleep is that it wakes you right up. Sure does, right? <laughs> Jack, what are you okay? Why did you sleep so late today? Um, I was up late. I've been writing, and I I write late. Um, it's it's better for me to write after Jeremy goes to sleep. I'm a real, uh, you know, it's, it's, I write better alone in a feeling of solitude. Well, I mean, you're essentially alone in that house anytime you want. <laughs> um, kind of. It's different. It's a psychic vibe. You're real. You can actually be alone. Like you, you're literally in a separate house. Yes. Um, well, you, you, you could go to the art, art alone. barn, art barn, separate house. Um, but I don't know how much longer we'll be here actually, because I think... Parker's going to fly back, so we will go somewhere else while oh, that, she quarantines. That's actually going to happen? I mean, isn't we? every day has to be just for today. So, supposedly, yes. We'll see what happens. All right. Um, you know, how is LA going? Well, I'm looking out the French doors, and it's the same um, sky as every day. Although, you know, some days you wake up and it's June gloom. It almost looks like a rainy day, except it never rains. And I started school on Sunday. So that's that's been a little... My days have been different because of that. And, uh, for example, like, uh, for example, today I had a class called a study hall, which is more of like a, a class on reflection. Um... And we do writing tasks, et cetera, and then we reflect on them. And today there was one at 8 a.m. So I had to get up at 5 a.m. because I'm in a very different time zone. So I had a class at 5 a.m. That was interesting. How'd that go? Did you have coffee before it? No, I I literally rolled out of bed and, and drank a little water and got my Zoom on, you know? Right. Um... But they, they understood. They were like, Lauren Baxt was like, what time is it where you are? I was like, five. And then later on in the study hall, Abby Crane, who's also in the in my time zone, joined. And she didn't realize her microphone was on. <laughs> so you say, so you just heard like the one. water running. And like, oh, it was really funny. And then she was like, is my microphone on? <laughs> It was good. Oh, man. When you go out in L.A., are people wearing masks? Some. And some not. Yes, that's correct. But I go to uh, my main trip is to the Erwan grocery store. Right, the, 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 the incredibly expensive grocery store. Mm. Most expensive grocery store on earth. And, you know, you have to wear a mask there. So that that's my experience with masks. But when I'm with Jane and we're in the car... When you drive down Abbott Kinney or whatever, people are not masked up, let me tell you. Yes, well, that is supposedly also the news from New York, especially in where I live, North Brooklyn. Very strange. Yeah, it's a real kind of... Um, I just don't... I don't understand why it's... I, mean, I, I understand that they're not 
comfortable. We're not accustomed to them. Mm. And for people like me who wear glasses, you know, it can be problematic. But, but, and you, you wear glasses as well. Um, Frequently, though sometimes I wear contacts. It's, um, it seems a very small thing to do to uh, potentially save your life and other people's lives. Um, It is one of these things where I do feel like it all trickles down from the top. And whether or not uh, people hold Trump's views, the fact that he relentlessly uh, was anti-mask, I think must have just gotten into people's (laughs) minds. And even if they are not a Trump supporter, they... uh, When you said that, I saw saw M-A-S-C and I thought, oh, if only... Oh, that Trump was, like, not into masks, but was into, like, bottom thumbs. Or just, like, not into the concept of mask. Yeah. Which is, like, so um, discriminatory and, like, self-hating. I mean, mask is gross, please. But we've known that for years. Those of us in the the queer world, where now we can have a job. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was another thing that happened politically this past week. I mean, I... uh, uh, let's see. Another reason why I had a very hard time waking up today is sometimes it's not that things are being illuminated that I would say probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast didn't know. It's just this sort of, it is just this thing of like, can this change? And this, will this change? And here we are writing our letters, making our phone calls, making our petitions, and may it make some change. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to paint... I wouldn't paint a picture of myself as a person who's been incredibly activated. I'm not... I haven't been, like, a justice warrior during my adult life. And so certainly, um, this time has helped in turning on a switch so that I might participate in culture, society, politics in a way that has more advocacy and more efficacy for getting things done. Um, and, you know, much in the way that the protests are actually achieving some goals. Um, I, I want to participate right. and be a part of that. And it has taken this like giant disaster to, to really make me feel I must. Uh which giant disaster? Well, the 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 confluence of the many disasters that have led us to today. Right. Um, but, you know, more so since, obviously since the election of Trump, that was the first thing that would wake any of us sort of sleepy people up to be like, what? In the neo-lib sector, for sure. Yes. In yes. the supposedly, as Kellyanne Conway uh, called <laughs> the Democrats today... When she, when she said the woke joke party nominated Joe Biden for whatever reason, that's their problem. I am, I, I am so, everything you tell me, I feel like literally Rip Van Winkle. Like I took a nap and you have all this information to share. <laughs> the news comes out every day and it will always give you the worst parts. Yes. That is for sure. You can always depend on the news to keep the focus on everything really bad that's happening, which my mind is already augured towards. Um, it sounds like you have like a a, a, um, a a news source with a healthy um, 
comedic sense. I mean, because the news that I'm getting, <laughs> it's not that. Oh, well, I mean, you have to kind of keep your news uh, multi-platform. So multi-platform news. It, that means, you know, certainly a lot of people get their news from Instagram. That is a place to do it. Um, I as well find there to be something interesting of when I venture to uh, like Fox, let's say. And oh, I like I like to touch in with them every so often. Sure. So Kellyanne Conway gave a, a press conference that I watched and um, her wow. just her whole uh you know, as then if for the people who've li- been listening to this, actually, I was fascinated by Kellyanne Conway before we started this podcast because she was really one of the, I mean, during the even the campaigns leading up to to the election in November sixteen, I just couldn't get over her. I just found her the most fascinating of the uh, hench people. Um, of the kind it's, of, it's amazing that she still exists. I mean, she is, she, she is was, still there. She's still very she much was there. so extraordinary, almost like an imagined character from a crazy TV show. And she's, she's still incredible. there. I'll never forget. It's, this is pre the election. I can't remember what debate it was at, but she was being interviewed or they were, you know, chatting with her and both of her knees were just like bloody <laughs> and I couldn't, <laughs> They weren't like bloody bad, but they were pretty, they were, they were roughed up. And I just, you know, my mind, my, my fantasy mind just went into this, like, what happened to her? Did she fall down? Was she, you know, it's, it's really, um, yeah, but she was doing a press conference today on just the, the sort of, uh, about how great Trump is being yeah, with well, with racial equality and how terrible Joe Biden's track record is with it. And it, how, it's the only thing they do press conferences about is to defend Donald Trump against whatever insane thing he most recently did. One of my favorite things she said once was she said, you know, working here and the way we're, the way we're misaligned in the press she said something i just remember her saying we just all walk around with these gaping seeping wounds all the time and i remember you're like literally i was i was like well i do remember those knees honey um <laughs> but uh yeah so there's so of course there's you know the instagram of those who share our belief systems and then i'll like go over to fox and but then also you can just open washington post or um, you have to have well, a, a subscription for that, which Jeremy does. Um, they've adopted the stance that the media is exists to hurt their feelings. Um, are, like, are you talking about the Trump campaign? Right. Or everyone mm-hmm. involved in that, mm-hmm. in in the hideous White House, which I, mm-hmm. I wish they would rename the White House or just tear the whole thing down and start over again because it's just associated with so much hideousness. That and is correct. Why do we continue to like celebrate this home that's housed all these like incredibly damaging people and some quite heroic people, but for the most part, not? Well, it is uh, when we get into leaders. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a tricky thing, you know. I mean, it's it's really like if you know when when there's. I don't know what's to say. I mean, what's to say that hasn't already been said? I, I, you know, did my, you, did, did, sorry, we probably shouldn't keep talking about news forever, but 
Well, I know did that you, you didn't want to do that on this one. And we, I was trying to think of how to not do it. But like my mind is such a swirl of it all the time. I I feel like. Did you did you hear that hilarious thing that Mitch McConnell said? No. Are, are you sure? I Well, what was it? He made a comment about how we've already paid back the black people for <gasps> slavery by having um, by having elected Ob- Obama into the White House. He's really just... Unhinged. Yeah, well, I mean, he's really, like, the supreme, like, evil floating head that, like, the rest of the crew are sort of feel more like uh, marionettes of. I mean, he's, like... If he goes, I feel like a lot can get switched. His, His sort of true wickedness is um no he has uh he's either a sociopath or maybe is truly inspired by like the workings of the devil it's um, i mean trump's trump's wickedness is so clearly partly stupidity or lack of any kind of knowledge mm -hmm. so there's a there's a there's a humor to it whereas people like mitch mcconnell you're like, you actually know something. Right. And you are choosing to be an absolute wicked witch. Right. Yes. Well, and that's also why that's also why I think I have that, you know, the the purity of, of the evilness of Kellyanne Conway. I mean, she's uh-huh. she's actually she's no dummy. No, she lives in a house with someone who disagrees with her. Uh-huh. Completely. And she yeah, was raised by people who disagree with her. So her kind of not quite sure what her game is, which is, uh, you know, certainly intriguing. Trump's game is very clear and it's been clear from the get go. And it's just about total power. And um, as was Stephen Miller, what happened to these people, Jack? What happened to Stephen Miller and Kelly and Conway that they grew up in like normal, reasonable things and then turned into like well, people generally like just like their parents and then like seek revenge, you know, in some sort of oppositional way, perhaps. I mean, think of everyone who grows up with like, some, you know, homophobic Republican family and then, uh, you know, is out there probably pro is one of our friends protesting right now. You know, it's like, do you think that, do you think that Elle Fanning will win an Academy Award for a biopic about, um, Kellyanne Conway in a few years? So Elle Fanning, what, so it just starts with her young and then it's still Elle Fanning. Well, no, Elle would do all of it. She would do Kellyanne as a, as a young person, but no, because she'll be almost old enough in like 12 no. to 15 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are completely <laughs> wrong. Elle Fanning, neither Elle or Dakota Fanning are capable of looking like what Kellyanne Conway looks like now in 15 years without extreme. But pros- that's why they'll win. Cause they'll uh-huh, put the, they'll of, put prosthetics. The, the Nicole Kidman as, uh, exactly as Virginia Woolf. Oh, wow. I almost, right. I was trying to be like, what was her name? Um, uh, here was like a good piece of news. It's, uh, was, you know, Beyonce wrote, uh-huh. um, uh, a letter to, uh, attorney general, Daniel Cameron, to bring criminal charges to the Louisville police officers who shot Breonna Taylor. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that that hasn't. I'm real. That one is a full like. What is happening? 
I mean, it's really the... I mean, are, are celebrities the kings and queens of our society? And does it take, take you know, letters from our kings and queens to wake people up? My answer to that would be yes. And my answer to that is that celebrities absolutely they, have uh, to be political. I watched political. that. Did you watch that? The Dave Chappelle uh, half hour that he did recently? No. He feels disappointed that people are... Dis- people feel disappointed that celebrities are not speaking out. Yes. And I think we spoke about that a few episodes ago, or maybe it was just on the phone. It, um, it does. We, we live as in terms of America, it is a celebrity run culture. We clearly see that it is. We literally have a TV celeb who is now, uh, the president and became, the president by using um, celebrity TV, pop culture politics, you know, didn't win the popular vote, um, but still became president. And they're, they're oh, Jack. power sour, sour grapes. <laughs> you're still, you're still so mad. <laughs> That's really good. That's iconic. When someone's mad, someone's mad. <laughs> about that Donald Trump did win the popular vote and being like, sour grapes. Sour, oh, you just you have just, to rub it in with that popular vote fact. You oh, just Jack. you just can't <laughs> let it go. You just can't <laughs> let bygones be by. Um, it's really, yes, celebrities absolutely must get involved. It's like, what are they doing? I mean... Madonna has antibodies. Well, here's the... I, right. And Madonna, you know what? Involved. Continually involved. Like, remember when she said... When she... God, it was so incredible. But it was the women's... The first women's march in D.C. When she talked about... Um, I know some of you, like me, want to blow up the White House. And she got <laughs> under, like... And people, like, attacked her. And I was like, she is correct. Yeah. Like, and take a big stance. Like, call it like it is. And it, it is this thing of, you know, celebrities being like, oh, well, what do my, what do my fans think? I mean, look, I, I look at um fucking, what's her name that I don't care so much for her music, but she's very political and her fans got very, very mad at her. Um, Taylor Swift. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, good for her. You know, good for her. Come on. Like, it, just pull it up. Like, celebrities she, need to be... Um, and let the celebrity... And the, if there's the celebrities who are like, no, I love Trump, let them come forward too. Like, just stop yeah. being like, I'm just an object to, like, suck up all your money, which is, I guess, maybe what celebrities feel they must be, is, like, just something to take all of your money and run. Maybe they're like the kind of true genius players on this chessboard of like, well, I'll just kind of be neutral, but I'll take all of your money and live in my palace by the sea. Oh, it, uh, the world is not a fair place. And we've all known that forever, forever, forever. And I mean, Going back to Taylor Swift, just for a moment, please, I, please. she did release, she released a documentary about herself on Netflix yes. or other this year. Yes. And I thought, you know, I don't actually know anything about Taylor Swift, but I do hear her name a lot. 
Mm-hmm. A lot. I, all I knew of Taylor Swift was I've heard some of the songs and I, I, I know she sells a zillions of records. And I know that that thing happened to her with Kanye West where mm. he, um, he ruined her moment when she won video of the year when Beyonce supposedly should have won for, um, single ladies and she should have single ladies. And, yeah, well, and everybody, everybody have, knows that yeah. we all know that. And uh, Taylor Swift did not win the popular vote. <laughs> I just want to remind everybody that she she walked home with the award. Sour okay. Great. Um but she but this documentary, as much as I think it was designed to elicit sympathy for her, it does not. <laughs> I have to say, uh Jeremy put it on. I did see part of it, and actually I saw too much of it, and I uh <laughs> fully agree. I was like, yeah, I was um, like, I I didn't like you before. And I really don't like you. I was really like, but here's what I'll say is I love that she is outspoken on her political beliefs and uh, does not care about how that's going to impact the fandom. And yeah. And I, I imagine that she has a lot of very white right wing fans who maybe are going to listen and absorb something she's saying or at least have a reaction to it you know well and it sort of brings up this interesting thing around uh you know the lack of the ability for people to have an argument anymore i mean i i think of um god it'd be so incredible if i've known sarah shulman for years and it'd be amazing if we had her on this podcast but i don't know if she'd want to do it but I mean, in terms of her book, Conflict is Not Abuse, the, it's, it's a book which explains the title, <laughs> which is that you can have conflict and have an argument and that's not abuse. And I think that is what's, what is very, uh, this thing in terms of cancel culture, where then it removes the ability for any kind of dialogue. I don't, for example, like, I don't know what that JK Rowling is going to, um, wake up to her, uh, antiquated, um, and harmful views around, uh, being trans. Um, that was, that is a surprise. I have to say you were surprised by her. She is problematic, but like, the whole premise of <gasps> I'm sorry, when the Harry Potter universe. I hear universe, problematic, I think of incredible Aaron um, doing that uh, barefoot Contessa. Uh, I can't remember Aaron's <laughs> last name right now, and he's like, "My niece says I'm problematic." Um, <laughs> problematic, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the Harry Potter universe is so much about like inclusivity and like being not being able to have control of the way that you're born born this way lady gaga etc is there so a queer I, character in harry potter ever see that's that's where you got me <laughs> gotcha got and i got you i mean there was i never that really gotcha journalism jack <laughs> thank you i never really got into it because if there is not um if there's not queer and uh BIPOC representation, I'm pretty like, mm. I mean, okay, I don't, I, as you know, my memory is not good. And I did read all the Harry Potter books and watch mm-hmm. all the films. Mm-hmm. And that is the extent of my knowledge around Harry Potter. And I, 
even today, I still have questions around the end of it that I, I don't fully understand. But I saw a couple maybe- of the films um, by accident in hotel rooms, and um, you took me to one once. And uh, I, what I will say is, I love Daniel Radcliffe's response. Oh, what did he say? Uh, he did a response. He's done. He's done work for years with the Trevor Project. Do you know what the Trevor Project is? Yeah, yes, of course. Um, and <laughs> he was like, you know, I owe Joe a lot, but on this one, I felt I feel I have to, you know, I need to stand up and stand up where it's right. She's wrong. You know, it's just I I, I don't want to paraphrase what Daniel Radcliffe said. People can go ahead and read that if they want. It's just he he it was just like she's wrong in what she said and. Uh, but I want to know where did what, what instigated her comment? Who knows? And but what he did end with is if you loved these books, if you felt that a character was trans or queer or bi or anything that you got from these books, that is between you and the book, and that can't be removed uh, by someone's comment. And I hope it doesn't. And. This idea that the book or the art can stand alone, I think, has always been, or not always, but it's really been a question that people have, uh, that people have. And Daniel Radcliffe, really, I think partly because these are children's books, um, wanted to, you know, that if you had received that kind of messaging through it, to not lose what you had learned from it. Well... I do believe that it's sort of widely accepted that um, Dumbledore is a homosexual. And in fact, Ewan McGregor now plays Dumbledore. I can't believe we're talking about this. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, this is a I new topic, it, new okay. topic right. for the podcast. Ewan, Truly, Ma- Ewan well, McGregor because- has now resumed, has taken on the Dumbledore role from um, Michael Gambon. And for the Fantastic Beast movies, and I think he had a sexual relationship with Johnny Depp, who plays a bad guy when they were young, and now they have a very complicated relationship. Because they, they show them kissing in a movie? Well, I don't know. I, I haven't seen them kiss yet, but I think they're going to kiss in the next one. I mean, what happened when those books came out, his Dark Materials was also coming out, I think. Like, they all came out around the same time, and it was like, you know, if you're in your early 20s and you want to read a children's book, which way are you going to go? And I read... Um, his dark materials, is, which is that the golden compass? It is, and it has two. It has gay leads in it who are angels. Wow! And these two angels are a couple. Why can't Why can't they figure out how to make those into a good movie? Isn't that the they keep the trying or a good TV trying. show or a good TV show? They did the TV show, and it was like, oof. Um, I watched something last night. That I was, so I never really got into Star Wars and obviously everyone just heard that I was not into Harry Potter, but I was into X-Men. Oh, yes. Because it felt, again, this thing of born that way. Yes. and otherness. It, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to use that. Oh, God, I remember you weren't, you weren't having to write grants back in the day when we all had to put otherness in our grants to try to get them. We all had to use that. <laughs> A big Lacanian O other, mm-hmm. and we you should have just written. You should have written mutant. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, but I, I've never seen the first X Men movie, oh. and so I went back and watched the very first one, which was really 
fascinating to me because it revolves more around Anna Paquin. And well, I just saw it, Rogue. so we can really talk about this. And Jean Grey, who who is the actress who plays Jean Grey? Famke Jensen. Absolutely my role. Like, that's the me part. And I love how she doesn't have any... She doesn't quite get yet that she's the most powerful of them all because she's Mm-mm. been so put under. She's been so medicated by Professor X. Mm-hmm. And... So she's really just kind of like, whoa, like the fact that they have this crazy fight in the Statue of Liberty with, <laughs> I think the worst mutant, like villain mutant ever is the toad mutant. Like, I don't like that guy. Well, it's just, it's just, you don't want it. Do you know what I mean? You're just kind of like, I don't want that. Oh, yeah. as a it's, gr- it's, it's a garbage pail. It's a garbage pail mutant. You know what it's I mean? A, very garbage pill kids mutant style where it's just like he crushes someone by jumping on them or uses his tongue to do something or spits like a yeah, gag on like Fomka Jensen's face. It reminded me of Speed Forward to Dark Phoenix how there was that mutant who had like t- hair tendrils. Yes, exactly. And that was like his thing and it's kind of like, mm, try harder. Garbage um, pill mutant. But uh, Fomka Jensen being so kind of like weirdly dissociated for the whole film. I mean, one of my, my favorite of the X-Men films are going to be the one where she like holds the water mm-hmm. and then like, it's like, you have to just leave me. And then the water like crushes her, but you see she's turned into something else. Yes. And then the next one, which I think is last stand where she can't help, where she can't help it. Where she's right. like, she unleashes. She, she does, but also then will completely go dormant. And I completely relate to that kind of rage. <laughs> and that is that X-Men movie has yet another strangely useless um, villain mutant, which is one who's essentially just a supermodel who walks alongside other mutants and then at one point screams really loud and the screaming uh, disables everybody. I don't remember that one. Which, that's in Last Stand? It's okay. I believe so. Very unmemorable mutant. That's in the one where they like make the bridge to San Francisco, go over to Alcatraz. I don't, I mean, they're all sort of the same, aren't they? <laughs> well, it is weird how, because I just, <laughs> we, I had, we had watched, one was on was X-Men First Class, which is like the, I think the beginning with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, yes. blah, blah, blah. The and origin. it starts with, right, it starts with like James McAvoy and his like nice mansion and that, Michael Fassbender, Magneto is like in a... He's in Auschwitz. He's in Auschwitz. And the scene of him bending the gate is a recreation from an early scene in the very first X-Men. That's right. That's right. It might might just be stock footage. Oh, really? It's not because they had to recreate it because then they need to use that boy to pick up the coin or his mom gets shot by Kevin Bacon. That's right. That's right. And so they actually recreate it, like shot. I was, it was so wild. I was like, whoa, you, because I was was like, don't we just watch this movie? But it looks semi-different. And I was like, wow, they just recreated this whole scene. Um, Yes, I really, you know, it's, and it's this real thing of like, I get the Magneto side of it. It's like, people are not great. A strange thing I learned about, um, because all those X-Men's have been being pumped into the HBO universe lately. And uh-huh. um, I need them to pump in the one where she holds the water out. Yeah, we're, we've been missing that crushes. one. We need that one. And Last Stand. They don't, 
those two they don't have up and those two I really need up. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also this thing of seeing, you know, it's well for me it's about Jean Grey Dark Phoenix. It's all it's all about like she's with Scott and Scott's nice, but like Wolverine is really that's you know, she loves him. Yeah, well, they really um with the with the Jean Grey movie that we saw a year ago. Dark Phoenix. Uh-huh. The one where they were like, we're going to use this one part that is from the comics, which is that she absorbs space ooze. Right. And then forget but, about the Wolverine thing. He's too old now. You know, they're just like, uh, never mind. And, and like, um, I know we have had like six different people's play Spider-Man, but we just can't this time. Now, I wonder if Hugh Jackman owns it somehow. It is weird. You're just like, you guys, when are you going to recast Wolverine? Like, it, we. Can- I bet he owns it somehow. We- she's such a she's she's an industrious queen, that Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And um, I'm sure she figured out a way to be like, uh, I own the rights to this character somehow. <laughs> Whereas Famke Jensen did certainly did not do that, and then oh, we wow. have fucking Sansa playing yes. her. Nor did Rebecca later. Romaine Stamos, who was just like, "Bye, I guess there's a new Mystique in town." We'll also talk about that. How you know, in first class, like Mystique is like, eh, just Jennifer Lawrence is just like screaming, like doesn't know what to do. You know, when uh, Kevin Bacon shows up with his nightmare squad to like kill everybody Uh, that was so weird i was like don't you like have powers do something well that's what's fun about the prequels is you're like oh they didn't they didn't get it they well they hadn't been trained yet right 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 it's like even magneto hadn't had his power unleashed by his friend professor x I loved First Class when I saw it the first time, and then I it doesn't really hold up somehow, though Michael Fassbender is so good in it. Michael Fassbender and in gray sweatpants? Honey. Amazing. Oh, honey. But also, his accent fully changes for the uh-huh. for Dark Phoenix. He, like, in he does, like, a kind of American accent in this movie, in, and then all of a sudden he has a, he has a British accent for the... Um, dark phoenix i think he got exhausted you know he was like or he was like what accent did i have at that point oh i can't remember it doesn't matter i mean also in first class he speaks like three different languages and i read an article which was basically like he for i don't know if it was directorial but he chose to do this kind of american-ish accent for first class and then they were like oh wait you have to become ian mckellen (laughs) so like i guess you should have a british accent whoops and they were like, no one will remember. Everything is moving along. It's, you know. Well, guess what? I didn't remember until they put them back to back on HBO. <laughs> right. And I have watched the end of Dark Phoenix a couple times just because I love when she says, my emotions make me strong. <laughs> that did also happen to Storm. In the first movie, Halle Berry is attempting with all her might to do an African accent. And it's just not working. And so subsequently, she had an American accent. She just gives up at a certain point. Yes, absolutely. Um, Remember Halle Berry in Gothica? Did you ever see that? I don't even know what that is. Oh, well, honey. Oh, girl. If you want to watch, like, a suspense horror, um, she's very good in it. Um, God, yeah. Love her. Uh, What else? What else is there to say? We, we, we 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 had some current events we had some movie talk 
you uh, took a nap. I had slept a long time. I've been writing. You've been going to school. Everybody look in uh, Barton Cowperthwaite's bio on his Instagram to figure out how to write letters to uh, voters to encourage people to vote. Um, it's like a letter writing train. Yes. Well, they give you a template. I've already signed up for it. And uh, yeah. they, they send you... You have to get approved. Yeah. They send you a template and then you go ahead and do them. And, uh, I, you know, you'll need to have stamps. And envelopes, etc. You have to print out the letter and handwrite the names. I believe it's called Vote Forward. Am I right about that? It's... I don't know, but it's in Barton's Instagram. It is. It is in Barton Cowperthwaite's Instagram. And um, Barton's doing a lot of them. And, and I believe uh, has said that for every 20 letters you do... Uh, he will donate. Um, I can't remember what to what he's donating to. I think the thing that's been interesting is, or that I've certainly been thinking about. Why don't you, if you donate yourself, Barton's not a rich person. So if you are broke or whatever, then get him to donate. But if you're not broke, just donate yourself. The fr- friends of mine who are donating or who I've talked to and with income brackets that I know don't, have savings like these are people who don't have savings and when I think of the people who do have savings and then have more than just savings but have numerous homes other sorts of assets that is where I'm like where it where are the celebrities and the rich people like fighting like yeah where are they in terms of our front line or is this just because the people who and maybe it's just again the, the echo chamber of my own Instagram and my friend group who is uh, poor, maybe upwards to low middle class, um, uh, doing as much as they can, donating, going to the protests, writing letters, making phone calls, doing the phone banking, like, and look, and there's a, there can be a real fatigue to that. This is not my first time at doing stuff like that. I have definitely called DAs before and been like, why are, you know, once once that that was one of my favorite parts of social media was being actually finding out about news and then places to call and it being so expedient. I mean, I don't know the facts and figures around this, but it's, you know, there's so many people who are not of great means doing a ton of work right now to to try to improve this society. And then there are people like Jeff Bezos who have a trillion dollars and it's like he could literally pay to fix voter suppression problems. He could literally pay for any number of social justice programs, like in totality, you know, it's absurd. Which is why it's impure. It's, you know, it's why there is no undoing of white supremacy and capitalism. It is white supremacist capitalism. And it is, we live in it. It is what this country is built on and the people who have a lot want to keep it and have more uh, of it. And obviously communism doesn't work. But we have other, there are other communist light examples to look towards that have been very successful. Yes. The thing is, how will that happen here? And I, the, the whole structure has to be undone somehow. And, and, um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm just the, the, 
as but as anyone who's ever heard this podcast knows, that's many a morning. I'm just Kirsten Dunst in a greasy t-shirt, lifting my hands up, looking at electricity coming out of my fingers. I mean, it's, <laughs> but that is out of the heartbreak of witnessing it. Yeah. It is, it is, I, I actually love people. Yeah. And I'm so disappointed. I really think it comes down to the hypocrisy of Christians as this nation is supposedly, you know, 90% 90 Christian or whatever, and Christians who believe and love about community. And I'm like, well, then do it. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe in like people walking on water and shit. You do that yourself, but like put your money where your mouth is. Okay. You believe. Do you believe in community? Do it. Yeah, you believe in love? Do it. You know, it's a real... Uh, yeah, well, and it's where these these things get twisted and frequently, you know, are used by government powers to uh, suppress people's imagination and to pervert it and twist it to their own means of making people... I mean, look, my God, this whole thing about opening the economy uh, and just having everyone just like back to work. Do you think that, you know, but and then you have like the president and his cronies and then like the uber rich who will be like kept very safe in their bubbles while the vanishing middle class like vanishes more through the covid Right. Well, they I all mean, like rush back to work and do frontliner jobs. A, I was listening to a story on a podcast today about how this is this is a myth of reopening the economy because what in fact will happen is it will continue to reinforce the wealth of the super rich and and it will continue to collapse the poor by right. because if people come back, small businesses will inevitably fail as right. people continue to be sick. Right. It doesn't actually work. No. Well, and also we all found out that the economy itself is a myth. That they're like, oh, well, we'll send you all this money if then you'll spend it. It's like, uh... (laughs) Okay. Where'd you get that money? So it's like, I mean, there was this relief package that won't happen, which is... uh, I can't remember what it was. I think it was like everyone was going to get sent like... Maybe like two grand a month or something like that. During the rest wow. of COVID, or it was something that people were trying to have happen. It won't happen. You're like, you know? may, may COVID go on forever. Well, it's just, <laughs> it's this thing of, and I think that people who, I think also people have had a kind of like a uh, theoretical perhaps view of capitalism and how it may be impacting them. And now they're really able to see it more clearly, especially in uh, its nefarious tendrils into racism. And that is, that then is this thing of, I don't know, is that where celebrities or, you know, rich people are afraid to say anything because they feel like, but I want to have my nice things. You know, that, and then we just get into like selfishness and greed and absolutely the idea of Christianity, please, please, please. It's that is my God. Or think of, remember that incredible documentary about Tammy Faye Baker and that was done with puppets. Did you ever see that? 
No. <laughs> you have to watch. It's something, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, I want to call it the eye. It's, you know, there's the eyes of Laura Mars and I, it's not that it's something like, it might be called the eyes of Tammy Faye. Tammy Faye was an ally, right? She, she liked the gay people. Yes. Uh, her husband did not. I just wanted to say one nice thing about her before you say something mean. <laughs> I'm not going to say mean things about her, actually. It's okay. a really, it's a documentary that I saw when I was 23 and it's about that she didn't understand all the money siphoning that he was doing through, it's called like the 500 Club or the 700 Club or the 600 Club. I don't know. You know, it's those mega church places that have yes. like, you know, the whole TV telethon of like, send us money so we can keep going living in our million dollar mansion, yeah. what have you, while you live wherever you live, because God wants you to send us all this money. I know these like um, mm -hmm. collection and then they plates. have. Wow. And then they have their tax and, you know, and then they're uh, tax free, tax free, as we know about the Scientologists. I know. And it's funny, like all these people sitting in these buildings, putting money into these collection plates and the money just goes right into kind of making sure that this building doesn't get this beautiful stained glass window thing doesn't get cracks in it. And people can be paid to sing in the choir and it's all great. But it's like. Put the money into something really worthwhile. <laughs> I mean, I, I think there, there's there's one thing of like putting them a congregation supporting itself and supporting its church and supporting its like minister, pastor, whatever. It's a different thing of when that money is going to some sort of like psycho TV evangelical person who is trying to use... Uh, fear tactics on people as a way to get more money out of them and right. it's a tv show so and then they're living in like a mansion and so it's kind of like where is saint francis in your life honey like right. where where is you know it is by dying that one awakens to eternal life which is the end of the saint francis prayer meaning that like when you let go of your life and your greed and everything you need and start taking care of others. That's well, when you wake up to life, to the real life. I mean, whether you're whether you're taking donations to line your golden pockets or you're taking donations to fix a crack in the stones of your church, it's still it's not super different because there is still no accountability for religions in this country to you know, why are people not paying a membership fee to go to their church and then the church has to pay taxes? You know, it's just like they are there, though I'm sure there are many churches that are doing noble things and there are a lot of priests who don't make any money and of course not. But it's just a kind of mystery that they be allowed to do sort of whatever they want financially. Well, that's how it's not a mystery is... That is how old religion is. <laughs> it's really old. That's that's how not a mystery it is. That's also like how not a mystery it is that Jeff Bezos is a king. Right. Because we are still operating under like kings and queens and like uh, if you give a dollar, you won't go to hell. And, um, you know, these uh, fantasies and... Um, Ways that people have sought to make meaning as a way to get what they want and keep it. And I just want to so say for I'm just gotten, I got nervous. So any of our listeners who 
who are Christian and religious, like I, I, I am not, I stand with you maybe, but also I don't actually know what I'm talking about in terms of, you know, the structure of the church. I'm just kind of, these are musings, musings in the mind of an ignorant boy. You're not that ignorant. And I, you know, also, uh, uh, and you're, I mean, you're not that ignorant on this subject. This is a subject that, I mean, you and I diverge in our spiritual beliefs. And I think that is uh, wonderful. And we're able to talk about it. And um, Jack, I've been meaning to tell you this, but I really take issue with your stones. (laughs) (laughs) um and i and i think that people believing in uh god or um some sort of higher power or energies or if you want to go the more david lynch route electricity and other worlds or who knows what he believes because he does tm so that's like a whole other that's a whole other thing that we talked about briefly with Robbie LaFosse. But I think that I support that because as a way of people's egos getting deflated. Now, if they get, if it gets used to bolster their ego in terms of I'm right, you're wrong. That's when it becomes problematic. And I think it's the, it's as Liza Minnelli said, religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell. Spirituality is for people who've been there. Mm. And um, I think that sort of when we, anything, look, anytime we get into dogma, into it's this way, not that way, that is when it's a, uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with spirituality. It has to do with control and um, power and abuse of power comes as no surprise. Mm-hmm. That's why there we have the, the, you know, there's so many issues as things get um, branded and powered in all these ways. So I think you asking for there to be accountability for uh, realities around money, which is a real thing uh, makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And there are people who definitely believe that Jesus walked on water. And I think that's great. And, you know, may that inspire them to open their imaginations and their belief systems into a broader terrain. And I think right. that gets into the JK thing of that someone could believe that like two of every animal could get on a boat yet. Um, there's only two genders. Yeah, is really they, like they couldn't what? believe that a, a man could love a man. You know things like that. Well, right, he chose it. Yeah, gay yeah. people chose it, right? You know, just as like um, whatever body you're uh, physically born into and assigned that gender at birth is literally your gender. I mean, it's like this thing of like, um, yeah, whoa, just take us to also like stop mind your own business like the need for people to be controlling around sex sexuality and gender really baffles and you know um uh thank you to the work of judith butler and thank you to the work of angela davis i mean it's that's people want to go and uh watch some good debating and uh, not debating because they're not debating with each other they're really uh 
they're having talking a conversation. with each other. Yeah, I mean, the the two of them really hold a lot of what we're talking about here uh, in terms of the answers for how you might want to think about it and also where you are finding yourself if you are just waking up to this liberation or if you've been involved in it for a long time. Welcome. And um, it is it is a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that is something that's also, at least for me, uh, at times hard because I can feel... Um, I can feel confused when people all of a sudden wake up to something. Like I was not surprised when Donald Trump won. And we've talked about this before. I grew up with it. Like I grew up around that. So I know those people and I know how many of them exist and I know how angry they are. And I've seen it. So what I do hope for though, is that there can be some more arguments and coming together. And, um, you know, it's, and I think that's, that's this thing around, can there be, is there space for argumenting for, for arguing rather, or is it just going to be a continual cancel culture on both sides? Mm-hmm. You know, which is just like, you're stupid. You're done. You have nothing to say. You're yeah. empty. You're over. You're gone. You know, it's like, okay. Um, well that person now will have a resentment, which will embolden them to, Seek revenge. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It generally seems to be how it works. Oh, boy. I have to say, I think that um, this podcast has been brought to you by the letters N-A-P. There's nothing like a good nap to reset your mind and body. I, I thought as I fell asleep into my short nap, oh, God, I hope Jack doesn't call. And then I called. And then you did. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. And I, su- and I surprised you right away by being like, did you know there was an HIV vaccine? I was thinking, how can I, what can I do today to really have a a first wake up joke with Reed? <laughs> so it was it good. Was it was that. very effective. Um, is there, do we have any parting words for our listeners? I hope that. Um, you've enjoyed the last couple very dense episodes and I hope that this is a bit of a relief though, you know, nothing is, uh, there's nothing very funny about right now, but no, but I think that's also sort of, I think that's also part of the, uh, I, I, you know, whenever I go back to the Pema children, and think about the teachings that I got from reading her books over and over again. And the thing that happens when one, at least for me, when I lose my sense of humor, it's very dangerous. It's, um, that's my dark Phoenix terrain because that's when things become very solid and, um, very known and then I can be inflexible from that standpoint and can also be then rendered um, not very useful. So, and I don't know how people are going to find uh, a sense of humor as 
But as, as we continue to unearth and uproot what is truly abhorrent and evil um, about this country, which I personally have always felt, um, but that's what you get when you get to like grow up uh, abused <laughs> and see people who are abusive get away with it. Um, I think that, you know, as me, as we like keep unearthing all of that, hopefully there can be that one can find also, um, humor if for only that I do believe that play is a political act, especially in a, a place of disdain when we're living in a, a culture that is so cruel and wicked and violent may, may play really factor into it. And that's something the queers have always been really good at. I gotta say like props up to them in terms of, um, you know, my God, like, Oh, if people want to, I, I, if people want to watch a good documentary, I do suggest watching the one on Miss Major. Um, I mean, I feel like people at this point know about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. And I, I think, uh, informing yourself about Miss Major and, um, what platform is that on? Um, I it's couldn't somewhere. tell you, type, I couldn't tell you it's, in. it's Type it's it either in Netflix search. or Amazon, but I think that's a really, because we don't have Marsha and Sylvia to talk to. And uh, Miss Major is alive and fierce and is an incredible mother and father. And, um, uh, I, and Morgan, who you love, who you love very much has worked with them. Morgan is wonderful. And Morgan is, is Morgan is in the documentary, honey. Oh, wow. Morgan is also yeah. in my curriculum every day. I, I see Morgan on the zoom. We should let people know who Morgan is. Morgan Basicus. Maybe Morgan should be on. Absolutely. You should have, you should, you should reach out to Morgan and see if we can get of Morgan. Course. on. Morgan is a, um, activist, performer, singer, writer, and one of my, uh, teachers this week at grad school yeah and if you're an artist and you feel confused about how to be an activist i'm like use your imagination i mean artists have really incredible imaginations it's, yes. if that's our gift we might not have money but we've got a good imagination and an imagination is a very powerful tool depending on how you want to use it if people feel like um you know experiencing grad school alongside me you should look at the writings of Tina Camped and Simone mm. White, and also look at the work of, uh, <clears throat> where did it go? Anyways, I'll come back to you next week with more names, but those two, look at the writings of those two, uh, black female writers this week. They're, they, we had lectures with them and they were exceptional. Amazing. I love that you get to read them and then have them be there with you. I mean, I think, well, yes, the re the reading is not required, but but you know it sparks the ima one's imagination. Right. Just want to steer people over uh, to a great use of humor um, by Tamika Lawrence. Instagram handle is I am Tamika Lawrence, and um, incredible performer who has also done an incredible video uh, uh, for Instagram that I think uses humor very well. 
I think like uh, there are many ways that we need to receive information right now. And sometimes it's direct and humorless and sometimes it's full of humor, but nonetheless, very useful, very educational and fun. So fun. Really adore. Um, and let's see, what are some parting thoughts? Uh, tear down all the Confederate statues and, uh, why are they still up? I mean, also like explode Mount Rushmore. Do you know what I mean? That is absolutely stolen. Apparently I was reading about it. The Mount Rushmore was like a very sacred mountain area for native people there and then um we massacred them took their sacred land and carved uh white president's faces into it all of whom abraham lincoln included teddy roosevelt included uh were very unkind to native americans to say the least and um it's that the use of mount rushmore is done because uh Hitchcock's North by Northwest has already been shot. Absolutely. um, It used that facade very well, and uh, you can just let it go. Um, I was uh, texting with Joe Walsh about uh, the statue of Columbus coming down, and just tear them all down and use the rubble to build flower gardens. I was also thinking about the lack of uh, monuments uh, about slavery, uh, in this country that we have. Mm-hmm. And yet New York has a potato famine um, memorial that <laughs> didn't even, didn't happen here. But just, just, you know, for the, if you're ever going to New York city and you wander through the potato famine monument or the, the Irish hunger. And indeed it's, a, that's a terrible thing that happened. Uh, to did you know that um, it, it didn't happen here? JSYK. Did, did you know also this interesting statue fact and I don't know if it's been remedied, but as of at least a, one or two years ago, there were no statues in Central Park of women who were not fictional. <laughs> Until one or two years ago? I, I don't know if it's been remedied, but there is a statue. Which is Alice Al- in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Or, or the angel. You know, exactly. An angel. It's like, well, she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> she's a woman. Um, yeah. And to, uh, to, to bring back to also how we began this, uh, episode in terms of discussing Juneteenth and, um, uh, I was watching the news and, uh, I don't even want to talk about, I I mean, I'm sure if you haven't seen, you can just easily Google Trump Juneteenth Tulsa, um, and, uh, there are many people who also didn't know about the Tulsa massacre and didn't know about it until Watchmen, which Me. you and I talked to you. Yeah. So that is a spot that they, in, in, in your education that they, um, they didn't it, teach you it, and many people absolutely. didn't know. And that what was wild to hear on the show was that many people in viewing Watchmen thought that that was fictional. Yeah. Thought that, that was the my youth. As it was happening, I thought, oh, this is a revisionist history show. I had no, no idea. But those are the planes that were used. Insane. And law enforcement deployed. And so when you wonder about keeping um, African-Americans uh, out of uh, money, their own empowerment, 
Um, it was, I was surprised on this news in hearing this that people thought that Watchmen was fictional, but now I'm not as. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's, again, come on, schools, when you're teaching history, teach it all. And this country, teach it all. It's, it's, the, it's the only way. It's the only way. And of course, we're, we're also, we're still learning. I mean, I think doing land acknowledgement and something that, uh, you know, I was so, it was so great to be able to have Emily on to help guide us through some of that. Um, there's, there's always more to be learned. Keep learning. Don't be afraid of learning. And we love you. Okay. Well, enjoy everybody. Do whatever you need to take care of your community and take care of yourself.